Hello, everyone, and welcome to Interactions and Attractions, a podcast that explores rural tourism and all that North Carolina has to offer. I'm your host, Carol Klein, part of the Uplift program and a tourism professor at Appalachian State University. And I am so excited to embark on this adventure with all of our listeners and special guests. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the ins and outs of the tourism industry through conversations with some of the brightest minds in the industry. From seasoned tourism experts to inspiring community leaders and valuable state partners, we'll hear their stories, insights, and passions for the destinations that they hold dear. Come along with us to discover how tourism can aid the local economy, preserve ecosystems, and celebrate the diversity of our cultures. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Interactions and Attractions. We are here today with Karen Williamson. Karen is the Executive Director of Caswell Arts. And Karen, that serves, even though you're located in Yanceyville, you serve more than Yanceyville. You serve the entire county? Yes, we are located in Yanceyville. And yes, uh, we serve the, um, the whole county and our surrounding area through the arts. So that is our mission. Love it. I'm really happy to be here with you today. I Caswell County was the very first county that uh, the Uplift team came to when we started doing our initial local visits. And um and and the space, if you you I'm sure you recall this, the space where we all met is the same building that your Arts Council Gallery is located in. And I just it was such a joy to meet you to get to go to the gallery. It was it was all just a very exciting moment. And, you know, I think we fell in love that day and, and we yeah, did we did. It. I mean, we know, we know. Uh, well, so, so that we, um, you know, bring the listeners in to our conversation. I know we just had our own little love moment right then, but let's bring the listeners in. Um, I want to ask you, uh, what is your experience working in rural communities? And then what do you currently do now in at Caswell Arts? Well, my experience, um, I have been here uh, taking care of my mother for a number of years, and most of my experience is a volunteer because I love the area and I know that, you know, to help make things happen, um, this was a way for me to get personally involved and to learn and to learn about and to meet people. So I started with this group that is attached to the extension office where we would volunteer in the community by making um, blankets for young kids in um, uh, social services. We'd also make bibs for the people who are in the nursing home. And I've also taken the time, my family is from Caswell County, and so I've taken the time to do genealogy research and learn about my family and just reconnect with them. My great-great-grandmother has a very fascinating story attached to Caswell County. I've taught genealogy classes. I serve on the board of directors of the Thomas Day House in Milton. 
you know, I've conducted tours and just learned about him because, again, from by not growing up in this area, it was just one of the things that I wanted to do to learn and just be a part of the community. So my role, all the things that I have done in the community has led me to being the executive director of Caswell Arts because I previously was serving on the board of directors and because I love art. And so my current responsibility, I've been in this role for the last year, and the first thing that I wanted to do was to increase the visibility and the credibility of the organization. So I have done that by collaborating. That's a big word throughout the community and throughout the area. Um, and especially in the arts. Collaboration is just kind of baked in um, to the arts these days. So some of the organizations that we've collaborated with in order to increase our visibility and uh, strengthen our credibility in the community is that, um, you know, we think differently uh, and we try to think of ways that we can add value. So for instance, when we collaborated with the local VFW and the American Legion, I hired a Lego master to make flags, American flags out of Legos because uh, there, there are no kits out there right now. So we brought that to the table. Additionally, uh, they have interviews from veterans that uh, have been video recorded back in the 90s that nobody has seen. And each video, there's 60 of them. And each of them um, is 60 minutes or longer. And so I hired an editor, a video editor, to help edit three of those videos where we were able to share that at one of their functions that they all really do appreciate. And so we were also able to upload that to uh, various websites and to uh, social media, again, just to uh, not only raise the awareness that we are here to collaborate with organizations that they normally wouldn't think about, but also to add value to the programs that they already have going on in the community. Wow. Yeah, so that's just one example of some of the, uh, the value-added uh, services, if you will, that Casual Arts has brought to our community. Wow, that is so cool. You're really approaching the, the, the direction of the Arts Council from a, a, a different angle, from a, from a different um, yeah, process, and, and focusing on the collaborations really leads to a lot of different creative initiatives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. And it's nice to see uh, the difference that we're making because the work that we have done with the, uh, the collaborative spirit, people are now starting to uh, come to us mm -hmm. looking for um, solutions to mm -hmm. how we can, again, add value 
to, uh, to their programs. And so again, to give you another idea of what we have done is um, we handpicked three local uh, artists for our visionary art show this past March. And this is something new mm -hmm. to Caswell Arts. And by us doing that, bringing in um, three artists that have been, uh, by and large, marginalized um, and, you know, not really given uh, a space in which to showcase what they can do, um, this honestly was our biggest uh, and most successful show that Casual Arts has had in quite a long time uh, because it was different. Um, it's post-COVID. People are thirsting for, uh, for activities to engage in. This was also a show opening that we had on a Sunday afternoon after church. And to have over 200 people come through on a Sunday afternoon within a two-hour time period was, for this area, unheard of. So, uh, again, it's just thinking differently, thinking in ways on how we bring people together in, you know, in a traditional way, but in an untraditional way as well. Right. And when you said 200 in two hours, that's, that's outstanding, of course. Uh, and, and you mentioned, you know, in this area, we need to tell the listeners, we need to remind them where Caswell County is. Caswell County, if you're looking at the state of North Carolina, we are a landlocked county. We are smack dab in the middle of the border between North Carolina and Virginia. In the middle uh, just south of Danville, Virginia, and we are north of Greensboro, Durham, and Raleigh. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's where we are. Easy to get to, very easy to access, because you're because you're just north of those those east west corridors of eighty five and forty that run through the state. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, we we are excited about the uh, the prospects of of what we have to offer and the things that will be bubbling up to the top uh, for people to actually stop and, mm -hmm. and, and experience what we have uh, going on here in Caswell County. Well, now you mentioned that you have always loved art and the mm -hmm. arts, um, and now you are a professional in the arts field. Mm -hmm. um, what were, and the, and the name of this podcast is Interactions and yes. Attractions. So I have to ask you, are there any key interactions that led you to working, um, you know, either in the arts or in rural areas? Um, well, as a child, I've always loved art. I was in um, ballet and art classes growing up. Um, I minored in dance theater when I was in school. I didn't tell my dad because, you know, back then, back in the dark ages, the arts, at least from where he was uh, coming from, was not something that he thought very highly of, but it's always been something um, near and dear to my heart. And so really the, 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 the one thing that has kind of just kept me going is that the arts fills my 
personal um, void or personal spirit. And so I have taken photography classes. I have joined every arts organization in the locales where I have lived and just stayed connected. So being here in um, this, this rural area, I actually started by teaching uh, genealogy classes. I was able as a grassroots organization um, called uh, Casual History Speaks, I was able to get um, a small uh, grant through uh, the Danville Regional Foundation to conduct these genealogy classes. And then from there, it led to teaching writing classes. And then from there, I was able to use my um, videography and photography skills to start doing local documentaries. And it's just ballooned and blossomed, I should say, actually, from just staying true to myself. So I can't say it's any one thing. It's just mostly staying true to knowing that um, my contribution to the community, I can do that through the arts. I can do that by promoting and supporting the arts. Uh, and I also have done uh, chair bottling or chair caning. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just my way of staying connected uh, to the community. And it's something that, uh, that I know that I can contribute. So that's, those are the key interactions that I have engaged in that help keep me connected to, again, the things that, that means a lot to me personally. And it's a mission that I can actually share with uh, the community. And so far it's worked. You, you said that it a way that you can contribute to the community and it's a way that you can um, sort of voice this connection um, th that you want with the community and that you want the community to have with arts. Um, but you're, but it is also, I want to go back to one of the earlier things you said, it, it, it fills a personal need that you have. And so it's, so it's not only a connection to the community, it's a connection to you, to yourself and to your values and to who you are. And, and that resonates so much with me. Yeah, Karen, I have, um, different works of pieces of art in my house, uh, that, that means something to me and they mean something to me because of who I got them from the places that I got them they they do art provides that connection um with things outside of ourselves but you're but but I think why I got so excited and I couldn't form words is when you said that it also provided this connection to yourself and um, it's been a realization of mine recently that for better or for worse, um, the, the pieces that I have enjoyed in my home is sort of an outward manifestation of look at me, look, Carol, like, look, look at, this is who I am. I like this. This is, and it's, it's a fascinating, like I said, for better or for worse, but I, I, I have a connection with art because of that connection 
with myself and, you know, God bless the, the artists and the art executive directors of uh, art centers. Uh, thank you so much for bringing that to us. Well, we, we love it. We, we wouldn't do it otherwise. And you also hit on something with the, um, with the art in that uh, it tells a story and it also brings up emotions and feelings within people because when you obtain uh, a piece of art, and I'll give you an example. For me, I love tacky refrigerator magnets. I can't get enough of them and they are everywhere on my refrigerator and everybody was like, oh my goodness, why do you have so many? And I'm like, I see nothing but space. I can, I can find space for more refrigerator magnets, but I can tell you where I got them, what I was doing, uh, and, and basically how I felt. I mean, I actually almost missed a plane because I was shopping for a refrigerator magnet from this one particular store. So from that perspective, I get exactly what you're saying because art does bring emotion when you go to the theater it brings up an emotion um, because sometimes the the words that are spoken go straight to your heart sometimes the the drum beat of the music goes straight to your heart you know it art has that power mm -hmm. to do that to change people to make them feel feelings that uh, sometimes are suppressed and mm -hmm. or sometimes that you know just just you know music can take you back to mm -hmm. uh, a time of your life um, mm -hmm. so fostering that especially in our young people these days is uh, very important to me because there were artists and adults who cared enough about um, spending their time in making uh, my life enriched in that way. And, and you are located in a rural area. Um, Uplift is a rural tourism program. I, I would like for you to uh, address what some of the challenges are that rural communities face, and then maybe tell us how arts can help support those challenges. Well, one of the, the big challenges being in a small rural community is always money, money, money. And one of the ways that the Arts Council can help um, tie into uh, building that up in the community is through collaborating in tourism or touristic events. You know, the Thomas Day uh, Art Walk was one of those types of events. And we had people from neighboring larger cities uh, come to visit. And that's what we want. We want people who are interested in what we have to offer, you know, come to our events. Uh, we've got the, the hoedown that has been established for many years, um, but we would like to be able to host more events and have more programming 
that will help with not only um, tourism, but economic development, as well as with the arts. So one of the things that the arts will be uh, providing to the community is to increase its artistic uh, uh, offerings by having more art shows uh, so that we can um, highlight uh, our local artists, which will, uh, I mean, we're hoping to, to draw more tourists uh, into the area to see what our artists have to offer. Right. And by supporting the local artists economically, tourists now put more dollars in the artist's pocket, which they, re which they will use for rent or mortgage or groceries and it, re it's, it starts to recirculate in the local economy. Right, right. And, and it's a wonderful thing. And so I see how the arts can definitely uh, collaborate with um, the community at large um, and, and especially with tourism to help build up uh, the community in that way. Well, how do you how do you think that local arts councils in general and you know not just your arts council but all of the arts councils that within the uplift region how, how can uplift and arts councils work together to because because a theme of this uh, episode has been collaboration i think you have said that word many many times how can we collaborate with local arts councils I've got to give that a little more thought um, because I'm still learning who my counterparts are in, in those areas. Immediately comes to mind what I would love to do is kind of like, you know, you, you hear about these bar crawls. I would love to have like an art crawl from one county to another county or from one arts council to another arts council um, because you have um, some arts councils that have uh, artist crawls, if you will, throughout their county. Um, we have never done anything like that here in Caswell County. And I would love to be able to do that and to develop that. But again, for us to do that, I would love to collaborate with these other um, uh, arts councils to have uh, uh, an event at each one of the councils that would um, make tourism, you know, tie that into tourism uh, for our local area. So I think that would be absolutely wonderful if we could at least start there. That's so interesting. Um, so in your region of the state, Uplift is working with Caswell, Person, and Granville. So Perhaps if it, let me know if I'm following what you're saying. So perhaps on a particular weekend, uh, there could be a um, casual arts crawl on Friday, a person county arts crawl on Saturday, and Granville arts crawl on Sunday, so that it it highlights the whole region and a package of things to do all weekend long. Yes, yes, all weekend long, and it it serves a, a number of of. Um, uh, possibilities, which means that again, um, it's a tourism thing. People, you turn it into an event. Uh, people will go, oh yeah, I remember last year, or you know what we bought here, here, and here. We can either tie it in together or use it as again a, a, another promotional tour. As you can see, I'm also losing my words because I'm excited about 
uh, that idea and that possibility of collaborating with other arts councils in that way, uh, because I think that that's something that would work. Oh, I, I think that's a really exciting idea. Um, yeah, and I get very excited and lose my words all the time. You just, yes. So my last question for you, my dear Karen, my last question for you, and you cannot, you cannot deviate from this question because people try to say, oh, I don't know. I like all of them. Our state's so wonderful. So what is your one favorite attraction in the state on the record? Karen Williamson. Okay, I will tell you my one and only perfect, wonderful place. Actually, it's here in Caswell County. It is the historical courthouse here in Yanceyville that is on the square. And the reason why I have selected that is because my great-great-grandmother, Henrietta Jeffries, um, back in 1913, was uh, tried... Uh, for practicing medicine without a license. And there is an awesome story that goes along with it. I won't, you know, go into that because I certainly could. No, no, I, no, no. I, yes, I have, a, I have a note written to myself to, to bring you back to that story and I didn't even do it. Please tell us, tell us, tell us. All right, back in 1913, Fabulous. before then she was, um, uh, a midwife, and she would go to the need of any woman, uh, mostly in the Milton area, black or white. And because of that, she ended up taking doctor business away from the doctors, and they did not appreciate that. So in December of 1912, um, she was uh, indicted for practicing medicine without a license. And, you, and just, to, just to be clear, because sure. your great-great-grandmother was black. Correct. Yes. Correct. Okay. My great-great-grandmother was black and, or yeah, like me. <laughs> and um, she uh, was tried uh, up here at the historic courthouse in, um, on April the 15th, 1913. The trial only lasted... Uh, maybe about a half hour at the longest. Um, she was tried and convicted by a jury of her peers of 12 white men. Um, the judge who presided over the case noticed that she did not have a lawyer. He stepped down off of the bench to be her lawyer um, and tried the case, lost it, and then stepped back up onto the bench and overturned the verdict because they rendered a verdict of guilty. The jury did, that is. And uh, from the stories that I have read or the writings that I have read, they said it was a Dickensian moment where, you know, people were like, oh, my goodness. But when the judge asked the, um, uh, the people that were in the gallery uh, by a show of hands, how many of you were um, delivered by Henrietta Jeffries? the majority of the attendants in that room, their hands went up. So uh, that was great. And I'm glad that um, the judge did that because then she went on from 1913, um, she went on to deliver more babies and uh, she passed away on August the 22nd, um, 1922. 
1922, I believe. It's either, the, the, no, 1926 was when she passed away. So in honor of her memory, um, my one uh, favorite attraction is that building because for me, it, uh, it it's a place where I think of uh, how my great-great-grandmother was uh, very strong. She did not run. She faced it head-on and overcame it and went on to still do what she was meant to do. And so I draw strength from that story. Um, and every time I go into that building, um, I always think about her. And so if you were to ask me if there's any one person that I could uh, go back and talk to, she would, be, she would be the one person that I would love to talk to and just ask her how she felt, what she went through, and, uh, you know, was it worth it? And all of the questions that would come up. So, yeah, it's, it's the, that courthouse that's here on the square is my favorite building um, to visit because I see it. Uh, on a regular basis and draw strength from just knowing the story of what my great-great-grandmother Henrietta Jeffries went through. That's a fabulous story. It's it's a, a fabulous personal story and it's a fabulous historic story that people need to know about. Um, in the uh, show notes for the podcast, we will include that video uh, that you have shared and um, uh, yeah, and any other information. Great, great. I appreciate that. And um, uh, I, I am just so uh, very pleased to be a part of this process. I am pleased to serve Caswell County um, as the executive director for Caswell Arts. And I thank you so very much for inviting me to be a part of this podcast. Oh, Karen, we thank you. And uh, Caswell Arts and Caswell County are very fortunate to have you there in that position. Um, you are doing amazing work, and I cannot wait to come back and see what is new in your gallery. Well, we've got wonderful new stuff, so come one, come all. That's all we have today on Interactions and Attractions. Thank you all for joining us. Stay tuned every Monday and Friday for new releases and be sure to stay updated on what Uplift is doing through our social media. The Uplift program is funded under award 04790769 from the Economic Development Administration, U.S. Department of Commerce. The conversations, insights, and recommendations are those of the podcast production team and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Economic Development Administration or the U.S. Department of Commerce.